0: Plantation Asia Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. From Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with season 2 of The Bible Unmasked.
1: Hello and welcome to The Bible Unmasked, Season 2, Episode 24. We are rolling along and having a great time here as we're studying God's Word using themes. And um, Dexter, today what is our theme and what's so, our book?
0: Yeah, so today the book is the Book of Galatians and the theme is healing from being a controlled freak. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. That's the theme. <laughs> okay, and we, as you know, of those are regular watchers, you know that we always have a special guest on. So who's our guest today?
0: Our guest today happens to be me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and no, the reason we chose each other for the last two episodes is because who, who, would, who would dare to be so vulnerable and say, hey, I have people pleasing issues or who would be courageous um, like I'm giving my credit for today and being vulnerable, saying, hey, I have struggled with being a control freak. And and one of Paul's issues in Galatians, as he talks about the legalistic tendencies of the Galatians, their willingness to subject themselves um, and others to laws and actually to um, make them saved or lost based on their keeping of the law, it kind of reminded me of being a control freak. And so I went to the book of Galatians asking, how does Paul's counsel about being liberated from legalism and from being bound by the law as a path to salvation, how does that his counsel his admonition how does that help us heal from being control freaks when we just want um you know to be in control whether god likes it or not so i think this is going to be a really good journey as i share my own story struggling and battling with being in control at all times
1: Mm, okay so we are going to just dive right into it, it then. So let's begin with a word of prayer as we usually do. Father in heaven, we uh, just thank you for another opportunity to share. And as we are sharing from your word and our own experiences, I um, just ask that you would guide us and um, that we may inspire and encourage other people, viewers, um, to continue to grow in their walk with you and and to um, grow in healing ways as well we thank you in Jesus name we pray amen amen praise God okay so grab your Bibles and we're in the book of Galatians and we are looking at Galatians 1 verse 10 obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God if pleasing people were my goal I would not be Christ's servant wow So our question is pleasing people, our tip, I mean, sorry, is pleasing people who please God. And our question is, what's at the heart of our struggle to always have things in order or to constantly look good in the eyes of others?
0: Wow, those are heavy questions. And one, of course, is just being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And we dealt with that last week, right?
1: Right. So there's some of this that, you know, I can relate to. Yeah, that to.
0: kind of flows over. Yes. Um, but the control thing, the control thing comes from several places. Control, uh, and it's, it's, you know, with, with a lot of these issues, a lot of it is good in itself. But I think when you link it um, or you connect it to people's worth, or to your sense of esteem, it makes it terrible. And it's usually damaging and harmful. So it's nice having things in order. It's nice being in control. It's nice having systems in place and structure for your life. And that's all healthy and good, but it it becomes dangerous when you want structure and you want order, and you want to be seen as having it together as an image more than your reality. And and for me, my struggle with being in control stems, it probably stems from me being blind, but also having a very driven personality. And one of the the drawbacks with blindness, it is extremely inconvenient. Um, Like Liz would say, you know, I wish I could just get you to hop in the car and go to the grocery and pick up stuff that we may have forgotten. You know, so it's really inconvenient. What would take you 10 minutes would take me sometimes 45 minutes. Um, and that's always a, a conundrum for me. Right. So I think, I, I think my need to be in charge and, and to have everything in order, um, some of it is just to maximize my potential um, and to be efficient. The problem with that, like I said earlier, is when I begin to judge myself as less than when I don't have that. Or when I begin to be harsh and critical of other people when they can't step up to the plate, like I would like them to step up to the plate. But but in Galatians, where it's awful, is they are, and, and Paul is, is calling what I'm calling control-free legalism, where they want to be bound by the law and they're bounding, binding other people to the law. Um, the, 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 that, that, the, the, what makes that awful is now they're trying. To link that to people's salvation, you have to be circumcised. So they're going back to they're going back to stuff that the life of Christ had fulfilled, and they're wanting Gentiles now to hold on to that as if it was, you know, um, the keys to their their the doors to their eternal life. Yeah. So one aspect of, 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 of being a control freak is people-pleasing and the need to be looked at as you have everything together.
1: Okay, so you have a little bit of
0: aspect of people-pleasing in you too, then, would you say that? Um, Somewhat, oh. but I think my control freak issue stems from me wanting to maximize my potential and to be as efficient as possible. But not just that too. I, you know, That's why I said it's, it's not necessarily bad in itself because right. when you have control, you have peace. Mm-hmm. Meaning when things are in order, you have peace. Mm-hmm. You know, um, When you know what your day looks like, you have a measure of peace because you know what's coming next. That's why people would tolerate an awful church for years upon years, because when they get to church, they know okay, there is song service, there is prayer, there is tithe and offering. They have an order and they know what's coming next. Not to
1: expect. They know
0: what to expect, so they settle for that because at least it's still a sense of order mm-hmm. in um in an ordinarily chaotic world. Right. Yeah. But again, the issue is when that becomes the standard by which you judge everybody. Mm-hmm. And then because you want everything so structured, you don't even give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do anything differently. Mm-hmm. And that's why churches are chained by chained by those ugly seven words, we have always done it this way.
1: Right. OK. <laughs> OK, let's keep going to um, chapter 2 now and verse 6. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Wow. So our tip here is when our passion for the right is stronger than our need to be liked. And our question is, how does needing to be liked cause us to live like hypocrites and contribute to us shunning and mistreating others? Yeah, this is a
0: big one. This is a big one because y'all know the story in Galatians 2, right? Bro, Pete, Peter, the great apostle, the one who first went to the Gentiles, all of a sudden, dude is not interested in being seen with the Gentiles when his Jewish cronies rolled into tongue. And and Paul says, even bro, Barnabas, mighty, generous Barnabas, got swept up in their hypocrisy. Now, Titus, Mm -hmm. Titus was unwilling to be circumcised just to look good. Mm-hmm. Paul is like, we didn't even give them an hour. We didn't even give them no time so that they could bind us. But again, you have to, you have to realize if, if, if your need to look good is stronger than your if your need to look good in the eyes of others is more powerful than your need to look good in the eyes of God, you will always ill-treat and look down on people. And, and that's why, that's how Peter got swept up in that. And it's, it's kind of, this is a real wake up call for all of us. If this, this dude that walked with Jesus, this fellow that preached and 3,000 said yes to God on the day of Pentecost, if he could fall back into his old nasty, prejudicial um, mentality, what's up with you and I? You know, that's why it's so crucial that your identity has to be daily, daily seen through the eyes of Jesus. You have to constantly be looking at, I am his. Mm-hmm. I'm not other people's based on what, who they think I should be. You know, so, so, so Peter got swept away in, in, in that false identity of who he should be in the eyes of others. And poor man, Paul took him to task. Mm-hmm. Paul took him to task so I don't know if I'm answering this but but the, the the key the key to this is constantly finding a way through god's word to look at who God says you are regardless of what people say about you or what the standards of the world say you should be and you have to cling to that more than what the world says is correct and that would help us ill-treat not ill-treat people or not judge them by a certain standard that is ungodly.
1: So you're constantly examining yourself and your motives.
0: Correct. Right? Correct. saying,
1: okay, am I doing this because I want to be, because of my my appearance to others. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's go now to Galatians 3, verse 4 and 5. Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So our tip here is rules give us a sense of security and control. And our question is, why do we revert back to wanting to be in control when we've found success with God in charge?
0: Because we are messed up, jacked up, and broken. Good (laughs) grief, we need help.
1: We keep falling back into that sin. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you see, having a sense of knowing what to do. All of us start off with rules um, in our spiritual journey. All of us, you need rules. You need a sense of, but rules is milk. Rules is for toddlers, you know, do this, do that there are three things you don't do on the Sabbath, then you could do this, right? But as you grow in Christ, like Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, the law is for the lawless. The law is not for the righteous because the righteous automatically keep the law, right? Um, So so Paul pointed out, look, you guys have had miracles. God has healed some of you. Did that come about by you doing it through good works. No, good works is a blessing, but good works don't give you the gift of eternal life. Um, one, one other place in Galatians, and I'm kind of jumping around because I'm, um, we, we're doing the theme, right? Of how to be healed from being a control freak. What I like about studying through themes list is it helps me to spotlight verses and ideas in the book that I generally would have missed if I'm just reading the book through. Um, and not that I'm looking for, okay, how does legalism, how do I lighten that onto being a control freak? And, 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 and what's, what's God's way of healing me from that? This is rich. I mean, look at one of the things Paul says. Um, you know, we are sons of God. We've been adopted. And I did not have anything to do with my birth. I didn't have a say in it. I, I couldn't, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do anything to make my own birth better. Right. right. Um, it's a gift. It's a God thing. So, so Paul is like, dudes, you guys are, you guys are straight up crazy. How could you begin understanding that, that the good that is seen in you, it's a God thing. And then boom, all of a sudden you wanna change your mind and think you could work your way into pleasing God through works, through your own effort and through your own action. You're messed up, That, that doesn't make sense. So I'm kind of straying and jumping around a little bit. But <laughs> but but that's the essence of it. That's the essence of it. Yes, control has its place. You want peace. You want security. But above that, you have to know, especially spiritually, spiritually it has to be a daily surrender to Christ. And what I mean by a daily surrender to Christ, you have to understand, give God praise for the good works that, that you see in you, but understand that the good works that you see in you you did not initiate it. You did not generate it. You did not produce it. It's always a Jesus thing in you. And once, once, once your your understanding is God is the author and sustainer and producer of every good that's in you, it keeps you humble, and and you you get away from being legalistic. And it's this. I'm I'm, I'm running my mouth a little bit. Bear with me. Yes. But it's the same thing with needing, needing not to be in control of people and of everything. Relax, take a chill pill, you know, you know, ask God to heal you from that mental malady where you have to be in charge of everything. Just relax sometimes and let God do himself through you. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm done for now. I'm done for now. I'm getting carried <laughs> <kind> a <of> week.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Let's keep going now to Galatians 3, verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So here's our tip. There's nothing I could do to become my mother's biological child. Earth is a gift, which you kind of hinted yeah, at before yeah. now. In what way is being legalistic childish behavior?
0: Yeah, yeah, which is kind of what I kind of covered. Um, Because again, and what makes conversations like this so difficult is you are trying to, it's the same actions, right? It's the same needs that we have, the need for peace, the need for security. But when that need becomes bigger than our need for God is when our life is screwed up. Um, And that's where control, and being a controlled freaks messes you up. You think about your own marriage, you think about how you parent your kids, that you need everything to go a certain way. You need them to behave in a certain way. And when they don't, based on your understanding of what is right, um, your whole world falls apart. That's a problem. If your world and your peace is predicated only on things going right, God has somehow taken a back seat. And at some point you need to grow past needing rules and regulations to govern your life. Now, now let me, let me back up a bit and share some more of my quirks. Mm-hmm. I so like order. I really like order. I like structure. I love, I love being in control of my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, my prayer life uh, about five years ago, um, God gave me this amazing way to pray. And it suits my personality, right? Because I'm I'm more on the type A personality side. I like structure, I'm a go-getter, I'm a big dream dreaming kind of guy. I mean, it's so bad that during our honeymoon, while Liz was sleeping in and enjoying um, being pampered, I was sitting on the on, on the veranda. Planning our life without her permission.
1: Uh-huh.
0: What a wonderful idea! Didn't you think?
1: Yeah.
0: But <laughs> well, so so God gave me this this prayer this prayer strategy where I pray. I'm um, using seven Ws. So I pray for my walk with God. I pray for my wife. I pray for my ways. That's like my attitude and habits. I pray for my work. I pray for my wealth. I pray for my walkers, that's family, friends, and anybody I connect with. And then I pray for my waistline. And you know what that is. So so I journal my prayer. And every morning and evening, you know, it gives me a structure and a system through which I could um, pour my heart out to God. It's a beautiful thing. It's a real, it's a rich experience. Not not only that, but it also helps me um, not it helps my mind not wander and stray. You know, sometimes you're praying and your mind wanders and stray. So I love systems like that. But but then what, what happens if if I don't pray like that? Does my does my is is my prayer life then um, demolished that day? That's messed up.
1: Okay, let's go on now to our next question here. Galatians chapter four, verse 16. Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? So our our um, tip here is influencing from a place of love. And our question is, how do I know that my motives to help and guide others is driven by love?
0: I think you, you know based on your expectations and your disappointments. You know, if, if people need to just live up to your standards and if you're not giving them the freedom to grow in their own time and for God to grow them through their own personality um, and experiences, then you know it's not fully love but control. And you can't boss people into subjection for long. Yeah. I mean, they'll follow you, but they'll wait until they leave your grasp to break away. Right. Um, and that's, that's not true transformation. True transformation has to be, I want to do this because I feel loved and, I, and it's generated by love. I, I hope this is making sense to you. So Paul, you know, Paul really loved them. He's like, I mean, you guys know I would give anything for you. And you love me too, because you'll even give me your eyes. Um, some people see that as Paul having um, um, a vision issue, uh, my, my brother in the Bible. Mm-hmm. and um, so, so he could speak to them so they could feel his hands because they knew his heart. And you know I, there's, this, there's this rule I try to live by. I have failed several times, and the rule is before I correct somebody um, I, I, I must hear from them that they know I love them unconditionally. That's a tough thing to follow, mm-hmm. uh, but that's kind of the ideal. And that's what the, that's the relationship Christ has with us. He doesn't seem to control us. He doesn't seek to control us or boss us. If he did, he'd just show up as a big 40 foot giant like King Kong or Godzilla, right? And start blowing fire Obey me or die. But no, he doesn't do that. He showed up as a baby. And he said, if they could know me, then they would love me and they would live out of that place of love. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Okay, here we are on to our last one already. And this is Galatians 13 verse, Galatians 6, sorry, verse 13 to 14. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. Wow. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in the world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died.
0: Wow. Hmm.
1: So our tip here is if we could become God-centered, we'll be free from being control freaks. And our um, question is, what's behind people wanting to use the good they've done for others as evidence of their goodness?
0: Yeah, um, and, and some of it has to, I thought you were going to ask as evidence of them needing to control them or something. Um, that would have been a good question, too. Okay. Um, because th- th- these, these Jews, they were insisting on the Gentiles keeping laws that they themselves didn't care to keep. Mm-hmm. Or couldn't keep, right? So why would you put that on other people, mm-hmm. right? And some of it is just is just self centeredness. They wanted credit for other people's actions, mm-hmm. um, and and so it's 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 the it's the dark aspect, is the dark side of true discipleship. Discipleship is helping people to live like Christ um, by first looking at how you live, which would then enable them to look at how Christ lived so that they could get to the place where they live like Christ through Christ, Mm -hmm. right? The dark side of that is when you want people to live like you, Mm -hmm. and then you strut around taking credit for them living like you. Paul is clear throughout Galatians that a God-centered life and a God-centered focus helps you to be free from trying to control others or trying to feel controlled by others. Again, it's back to what we read in chapter one. He said, man, it pleased God to call me. So he was first a God pleaser Mm -hmm. and he only sought to please the people that please God. Mm -hmm. That's a good life to live. I mean, the same way, if, if, if your heart is God's glory is how does Jesus look good through these actions, through this person coming to, to him. If, if that's your motive, and you, listen, you can't create that motive on your own. That's something you just have to pray for. Pray for that gift, yeah? Just like you got your second birth that you couldn't work for, um, you know, God allowed his son to be born in you and produce those good works as he lived through you. In the same way, pray, God, help me to become more God-centered. So that, so that, uh, you know, I won't bully people, so that I won't allow um, laws and rules to bully me either, so that I can live with the freedom in Christ. And by the way, freedom in Christ does not mean freedom from being obedient to God's law. Freedom in Christ simply means that you don't think keeping those laws gives you credit for your eternal life. Keeping those laws is only in, in in result of my deep love for God, which love, of course, he placed in me so I can love him like that. Isn't this sounding like I'm going in circles? If I am, it is because it is God in you who wills or makes you willing and then makes you able to do his good works. That's Philippians 2, 12 and, and 13, right? So that's kind of how it works. And, and, and again, throughout, Paul is like wanting to point us Listen, it has to be a God thing. Chapter three, he's like, you didn't work miracles on your own. No amount of good works could do that. So how do you think starting with with grace and with the Holy Spirit, you could then finish on your own? That's nonsense, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and then he got to Abraham and he's like, look, Abraham started, um, he believed God by faith and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Then circumcision came right? Then the law came years after. So the law couldn't nullify the need to live by grace because grace was actually before law. All right, I'm, I'm kind of tripping now, but you all get the essence of what I'm saying. The essence of it, the essence of this is you, you are healed from being a control freak where you're controlling others or where you need tight structures and systems before you are happy. You are healed from that when you trust God with your schedule, with your chaos, um, with your own need to grow, and when you trust God with your salvation.
1: Mm, amen. Okay. Thank you, Dexter, for being vulnerable with us and sharing what God has done in your life and how, he, and the revelations and insights you have gathered um, from, from God's word and also from him speaking to you. So thank you, viewers, for watching. As you know, this airs every Sunday evening at 7.30 on our plantation.sda.tv, on YouTube channel as well. And we want to invite you to continue to share this with family and friends and continue to tune in and and watch and, and grow and learn. So Dexter, next week, it's going to be episode 23. Five. Oh my
0: goodness. Next week is, oh boy, you guys, you have to invite a bunch of folks for next week. Um, anybody who, who felt abandoned, who have felt used, who have felt alone, um, Rebecca Caliot, Rebecca and Shan. Um, this is their third appearance. Yeah, you can tell they are they are our big hits, but Rebecca has a story to share. I mean, I, it stayed, it stayed with me for weeks and weeks. I've been so moved and touched by where God has brought her from and the theme. So we're studying the book of Ephesians. So guys grab that book and read through Ephesians. Here's the theme adopted after being abandoned throughout the book. You hear Paul saying you used to be, you used to be a scumbag a nobody, but God, you know, you were alienated from the life of God. You were living in darkness but, but but look what he did, look what he did. Now you're you're adopted, you're a fellow heir, you're part of his inheritance. Read Ephesians and look for all the places where where the principle of adoption, where now you now belong to God. Um, you're no longer abandoned. Look for those principles, write it down, celebrate it, and come. And hear Rebecca um, share her amazing, miraculous God deliverance story. Um, and Shan standing at her side and his role in that powerful, potent experience that she had with the Holy spirit.
1: Okay. We're looking forward to that to end. Now we would like to just, um, close with a word of prayer, father in heaven, Lord, we thank you again for your insights in your word and for, um, gaining, more knowledge and growth. And um, we pray that those who have been watching, that they would be blessed and that um, you would convict them and in their own healing, whatever that may be, and in their walk with you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Plantation as the Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m., For our weekly discussion, from Genesis to Revelation, let's read the Bible in themes with Season 2 of The Bible Unmasked.